Welcome into episode 11 of season three of the 126 podcast. We got a lot going on in the district right now. We got playoffs in multiple sports. We've got crosstown rivalries, all sorts of things going on. So we'll jump into it quick. Coach Weaver, Coach O, how's it going? It's going really good. Fun day today. It is a fun day. Mm -hmm. We started out early this morning with Assistant Coach Academy. Had about 25 of our uh, Forney ISD coaches over at North Forney for some training. We love doing that. And we're going to end the day today, you hinted at this, with a a cross-town rivalry. But actually now it's a playoff cross-town rivalry. A playoff cross-town rivalry, yes. Uh, First time I think that that I can – maybe that ever we, we've done this, but our two teams, our two volleyball teams have played each other three times now. They split in District 13-5A action. They had to play a play-in game, which went to five games. We played that over at Jackson, so we burned our only one neutral site we have in the district. And then uh, so now they're playing each other in the regional quarterfinal round. Um, both done really well, had great seasons. Uh, you know, it's a shame one of them's got to lose, but mm-hmm. that's the way the game goes. One of them's going to win and go to the regional tournament. But that game's played at 630 tonight at West Mesquite. West Mesquite. Forney versus North Forney. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And I think for the weave today, just to have a little teaser of the weave, I think we have an interesting story involving our volleyball teams, don't we? We do. All right. Well, I guess I don't know why I tease well, it. That's it. Yeah, the I've, first thing we jump to anyway. Let's go so. ahead and tell it. So this is pretty neat. You know, these fun, fun little stories come across to us pretty, pretty regularly, but I thought uh, it's timely. We've got a playoff game tonight. Let's share it. Uh, you know, last week we played our area round volleyball playoffs, and Forney High played on Thursday, uh, got their game over with, won it, um, knew they were going to the regional quarterfinal round, and then North Forney played on Friday night. So, uh, surprise, surprise, some of the Forney girls – went on Friday night over to White House to watch North Forney. Well, um, North Forney won, so, you know, now we know we're going to meet each other in their quarterfinals. But, alas, the Forney uh, girls that went to watch or scout, probably not cheer, but maybe, had a little car trouble. And (laughs) so they actually ended up, the Forney uh, players, I believe there were four varsity players, Ended up riding the North Forney bus <laughs> back home to Forney. Um, so, just another example. Now, I got to tell you, you know, these teams, uh, it's been only a couple of years ago, they went and played a tournament together in Galveston. So, some of these girls were underclassmen when they did that. They traveled together, they stayed together. Um, you know, some of them play club volleyball together in the off season. They know each other pretty well. We do. We work. Um, some community service projects together. Some of them have been in lead together, so they know each other, you know, but it's still kind of neat. That's just another neat facet of, of our rivalry is how close, closely connected our schools really are. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Have a little car trouble. Hey, but you just jump on the opposing bus and. Yeah. It's an interesting story. Perkins yeah. For letting them hop on on there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Gave them a good opportunity to maybe tease each other a little bit, talk a little bit before their game in a way that they never would yeah. Would do otherwise. Yeah, like that's just a weird situation. For sure. Pretty um, cool though. So do we do we want intru- to go ahead and introduce our guests before we jump into the ozone? I'm assuming you want to include them in what you got going on. Well, you can go ahead and introduce them. 
I think they'll have some pretty good insight on the subject spotlight for today. Yes, I think we will. So um, we have two guests today. Um, well, we have three today. We have two new ones and one that's been on man, too many times. Um, <laughs> hey, well, uh, always for good reason, so let's keep it going. But we've got Coach Young from Warren, and we've got Coach Fleener, of course, from Forney High School. And um, um, we'll, we'll talk about more about why they're here, but first off, let's, let's throw it over to Coach Young. So today for the subject spotlight, I'm not going to talk about food, but I am going to talk about something I think you may like, Coach Fleener. Uh, we're talking Disney movies. What is your favorite animated Disney movie? Coach Young. Coach Young may have to confer with uh, the person he brought with him to the podcast yeah. for today. Yep. Landry. So we, uh, the, my wife is you know all into Disney movies and. Growing up, we figured out very quickly that my depth of knowledge when it comes to Disney movies is nowhere nowhere close to what it should be. But I would say, you know, I've got I've got Little Man here. Um, our favorite Disney movie that um, is is on repeat at the at the Young House. Um, Lion King, uh, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, we, we've watched that several times. The Frozen stuff, you know, seeing that quite often. But if I had to pick, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going Lion King. Uh, Landry, do you concur? Do you agree with that? Thumbs up? Yep. yep. We got a nod. All Good. right, Lion King. Oh, it's, it's, it's not even a question. I, I'm not going to go through it. It's, it's Lion King, Aladdin, tied for one and one, okay. and everybody else is 17. Uh, so animated though, animated. Yeah. Uh, I, I can appreciate the live action ones, but, uh, I, I like the original animated ones. Yep. Animated is, that's what you think of when you think of classic Disney, you know, I mean, now you can get, I mean, heck Addison, mm -hmm. we could go star Wars and call it technically, uh, technically, I guess, Disney. but the Disney star Wars are, yeah, I know. Yeah. But they own the, does it not count since they own the originals? No. Okay. It's not, well then, Coach it's not Joe, theirs. They, I'm going to go back you know. in time a little farther with an animated, and I'm going to go Sleeping Beauty. Oh, okay. Briar Rose. You went you way went. back, didn't you? I did. When way. he said way back, I was almost expecting Fantasia or something. Yeah. Like that. Well, I mean, that's good too. So. You know, we, you know, you, you, you go back into the uh, the old storybooks, you get that's into right. some good ones. But Do you, Sleeping Beauty is way old. Yeah. Do you know when Sleeping Beauty <laughs> came out? Just like, look this up. In the fifties, like I would say 60, 60 60s or sixties, four or eight. That's Anybody my, else got a guess? I, I just say sixty-one. Both my parents were born in that year. Okay, fifty-nine. Yeah. Wow, fifty-nine. Okay. Yeah, you went way back. I did. You did. <laughs> you went way back. I didn't realize. I didn't realize I was going that far back. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I do like a lot of the old ones. Like I loved Robin Hood growing up, um, Fox and the Hound, because those are the ones that, yeah, you know, from a filmmaking perspective, they had to draw that stuff, and they were extremely difficult to make, but very cool the way they went about doing it. But my favorite one, I'm gonna say. To me, I love Finding Nemo and Monsters, Inc. I think they're both just super cool ideas, Monsters, Inc. specifically, but I love the, I love Finding Nemo, too. So those are the ones I, like, grew up with, I guess. Well, Coach, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go way back. I'm going to stay in the 90s, and mine was Lion King. That's my number yeah. one, and Beauty and the Beast is a close second. Mm. That's what Lion King is what I watched, like, on repeat as, like, a really little kid. For, for my son, it's Cars. I, I mean... 
I at this point I hate cars. <laughs> I hate it. Like he watches it so yeah, yeah. often. I'm so tired of cars. But <laughs> been he there, done so that. Much. I had an extreme hate for Lightning McQueen for about a year. Yeah. Um, so and Chick Hicks was such a jerk. You know? <laughs> he is. <And> yeah. <laughs> God. Well, the it's funny. Cars has had some longevity. Oh yeah. Because my son loves it, but my seniors. That was their movie, yeah. like, whenever they were kids. Like, you have a football player, Tanner Howland, that was about to tackle me because I said Cars is one of the weaker Pixar movies, and he thought that I was, you know, might as well have been blasphemy. <laughs> but, yeah, Cars had some longevity. But I like this subject spotlight. I like Thanks. the. I, like I was all ones. ready for food when I came. Yeah, I mean, I've been were. on the drive-in thinking about all these well, different I had food to, things. I had to shake it up because Addison called me out last podcast or before, and he's – Said I always we've, talk about food. We've so. had a few food ones in a row. We got to keep Fleener on his toes, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's mm-hmm. we got to know know what we're going to. Well, I know he here. likes cartoons. I mean, uh, I'll put in my request for the for the next time y'all rope me into this thing, you know, with the hey, just come over for about five minutes, yeah. and then I realize I'm in all fourteen segments that we have today. <laughs> uh, but uh, get us with some music next time. Oh, okay. get us with we'll some put music. That on the list. All right. Okay, okay. interesting. Go. Sounds good. Um, so, Coach Weaver, I'm going to kind of toss it to you for this, but. Um, we yeah. brought, right. not that we didn't want to talk to coach young anyway, yeah. but we brought him in because of a specific, <laughs> specific, um, we you did. know, honor that, that Warren middle school just achieved. So w- what's going on over. Yeah. So one? let's, let's put this in context and we'll let coach young talk about his kids and his, his season a little bit, but just for context, we've been part of the Metro middle school league for a number of years, really over a decade, um, uh, in various generations, and it's grown as we've been a part of it. We actually helped invent it, mm. you know, way back in the day when um, people may not know this, but the the University Interscholastic League gives us a high school district when we do. This is a realignment year, so when we realign, we'll find out if we're six A or five A, five A Division One, Division Two, whatever. Then they give us a district, and but they don't give you a middle school district. You have to either agree to play your middle school district with the same schools that your high school district are, which that happens a lot with smaller schools. But once you get bigger, you know, for example, Mesquite has 10 middle schools. They've got their own middle school. Right. League, so they don't, nobody, you know, you, it becomes a renegade deal. The so they, like Mesquite yeah. does not play outside of. No, they no. just play their own middle that's school. Interesting. And, and that's interesting. Yeah. So yep. that's pretty common with bigger districts. Well, we only had two. Now we've got three, obviously, but <clears throat> there are a lot of schools around us that are kind of in that same boat. You know, you get shifted with the wind every two years. You're, middle, you're, you're trying to reinvent the wheel with middle school. So we started a deal a number of years ago where we, we um, some of us, some of the schools that are fairly regularly aligned together but don't have enough to have our own, we created our own. And we've tried to hone best practices over the years. You know, these are, this is the way we're going to operate football. This is the way we're going to run a middle school track meet. Um, this is the way a tournament bracket should operate in, with a best practice. And then it's grown because schools have, have joined it um, in the same boat we were, you know, looking yeah. around for a place for consistency. So the Metro League has grown to 20 middle schools. So there are 20 campuses that are represented. Um, How far out are we reaching well, with that? It goes from Corsicana all the way to Greenville. Is that the farthest one north? Mm-hmm. You know, and so, Kennedale would be the furthest west. Yeah, so you got Kennedale to the west. You've got I guess Terrell's probably the farthest one to the east offhand. But um, as we grew, you know, once we got over sixteen, we were able to split into two zones, which also helps us manage travel. You know, we don't have to go all the way to Corsicana because they're in the southern zone. 
and our, ours play in the northern zone. So we're playing Rush City and Terrell schools. We don't have to travel quite as much. And then a really neat facet of it is at the end of your zone play, right? You're, you're playing for seeding. And then in, in basketball and volleyball, you enter a district tournament or a Metro league tournament that's based on those, on that seeding for football. You get to play the team with the same seed in the other zone. So you get to play somebody you haven't oh, okay. seen before. Okay. Um, that also, you know, so for example, so it's uh, not just benefiting the number one seeds. Yeah, it's everybody, everybody gets to, everybody yeah. gets a game, an extra mm-hmm. game. So you get to you get some other competition, somebody you haven't seen in track. It's pretty cool too. Pro- maybe my fa- that's probably my favorite part. And we can talk about that maybe in the spring. But we we run a zone meet. You have some practice meets, and then we run a zone meet, mm-hmm. and then out of that zone meet, we go to a league meet where. The top two in each in each event. Oh so yeah, get to, it's pretty really that's pretty cool. Really yeah. neat deal. Okay, so all that said, um, you can imagine with twenty schools represented, it's a pretty stiff competition. You're talking from Midlothian over to Waxahachie, all their middle schools down to you know Corsicana, Ennis, some of those standalones, all the way up here north to Royce City and uh, us, and you know all the way up to Greenville, whatever. So pr- pr- Lancaster's in that group. Obviously, they are they're always very competitive and everything, <clears throat> but. Coach Young's team, not only did they win their zone, which is a pretty good accomplishment mm-hmm. for middle school football, right? You got you you're beating those those ten teams. Right. He advanced as the one seed, his the Warren Warriors advanced as the one seed representing the North and won the entire Metro League. So in other words, they and essentially this, won the championship. This is the first time never happened we've before. had one do it. Yeah. Yeah. That never happened before. Um it's a big deal. I mean, you're talking some pretty darn good middle school football teams and that represent some really good high school programs. Absolutely. So all that said, talk to us about your kids and your team. We had, um, I mean, it, it was, a, uh, it was a, a groundbreaking year for us at Warren this year. We started the year off playing Lancaster. Um, and that was, you know, to start with a team like that, the pedigree that, that Lancaster's built up, especially within this middle school district, we start out with them. We go win twenty four to seven, and then the next week we roll into Ennis and we beat them thirty eight to seven. Then we've got Crandall. Uh, we're able to beat them forty eight to nothing. Then we go to Brown forty forty six to eight. Uh, played Greenville, won that one seventy two to nothing. Roy City Summers beat them thirty eight to nothing. Uh, Jackson Middle School uh, beat them forty to nothing. Roy City Bailey we beat them thirty to nothing. And then for the championship game, in which we matched up with the South Zone champion, which was Waxahachie Coleman, we were able to beat them thirty to eight. And you know, very special year with the with the kids that we had. Um, our first year when with Jackson opening up, and so um, didn't know exactly what we were going to have um, because um, some of those eighth graders had the option to go over to to Jackson. And um, but the kids that walked in the building from day one, they were it's a very special group for me to be able to coach. Um, and they just came ready to work every single day. And when you start off with Lancaster week one, um, the, and that was the team that we lost to last year, we lost to them 13 to 12. Um, and the kids knew from day one that they had to be ready to go. And they put in a, an, a tremendous amount of work. And, you know, I get to come on and I get to do this podcast and I get to sit with y'all, but it, 
the reason why I'm able to do all of these things is because the trust that I have within the coaching staff that's in the building. Um, I get, to, I have to, I get pulled to do this, you know, and I get to do this. Um, I'm very grateful for, for that, but it's all because of Chris Burke. Um, he calls the plays offensively. Is extremely organized, like so organized. He has every play written out and when we've installed it, when it's going to be run, when we're going to implement it, how we're going to implement it, and then it just trickles down from there. Um, Christian Vaughn is the defensive coordinator. Um, he calls all of our defenses. And with Coach Fleener and his staff coming in, um, those guys were chomping at the bit to be able to figure out, okay, well, how exactly is this going to run? And Coach Stewart, uh, the defensive coordinator at Forney High School, getting with him and the freedom that we had um, where uh, the high school runs a four-man front. And we decided that we, uh, with the athletes that we had, um, you know, do we want to do what the high school's doing? Absolutely, we want to be able to reinforce those things. But Coach Stu gave us um, his whole playbook, and there's, a, there's some three-man front stuff in there. And so we made a decision very early on that with the athletes that we had to be able to put them in the best sit best places to win, we were going to go with a, a, a three-man front. And so um, having that flexibility from a defensive coordinator that comes in, he could be, you know, hitting the table saying, no, you're going to run a four-man front. And no, it wasn't that. He, he let us he let us do do our thing, and it was awesome. Um, but uh, that staff has, has really helped us out. Um, they're extremely organized. Coach Mack was able to hand us a playbook, and Chris had it written down from day one exactly the things that we were going to be able to do, and we were really excited about that. Um, Coach Raspberry, he calls our uh, special teams, and um, he was able to get um, – with uh with coach with rocket with coach rivera at the high school and be able to get their stuff and he implemented all that stuff and it was great from the special team from a special team standpoint to be able to have that stuff um coach rodriguez is uh, another one of uh, the assistant coaches on on my staff and the continuity that we're able to have with you know all six of of my coaches um being here for at least more than a year, um, that's that was a that was a huge thing. Um, Coach Sal's helped us out a lot with our kicking game, um, and you know I can't speak enough about the the staff that that we have at Warren, and they're the reason I get to sit here and do this stuff because mm -hmm. I can walk out the building, I could be in the building while they're practicing, and trust that they are implementing everything that Coach Fleener wants. So very blessed. Uh, the kids and the coaches that we have, um, we're very very. I'm extremely lucky. You had a great year. It's mm -hmm. it's a good combination. You're right. I love hearing you talk about the coaching staff. Our, uh, we we talk about this in our department a lot. Um, middle school coaches are so critical. They absolutely are critical, and and that is underestimated, unfortunately, too much in in our profession. Um, but it's middle school is where kids fall in love with the sport. It's where kids get their foundation for the sport. It's where the high school can make traction before a kid ever gets to them so that they can go farther faster once the kids do get there. Um, I do love it, too, that we've had some longevity on that staff at Warren. That consistency that Adam talks about is so important that, that, it, that we're not trying to reinvent the wheel and, and teach people to, read, to do it every single year. Those guys know what they're doing. They've been here. They understand the game. They understand how to communicate with the high school staff. They're great teachers. They're great motivators. They're great for kids. And that's what we want across the board with mm -hmm. all of our coaches. But I, I just think, you know, 
your the payoff. Yeah, it's fun to go win the metro. I mean, that's a big deal. Twenty schools. Yeah, You're trying to cross have, all this whole part of the state nearly. Do we have a name for that? Uh, our, our Metro League Super Bowl, I guess. No, no. I mean, we won the Metro, Metro District Championship. There you go. Metro. I May I suggest the Body Spray Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I do know if, as if it will come with an Axe sponsorship. Yes, yeah, yeah. a check, Body Spray Bowl. We'll take good. it. Yep. Yes, um, absolutely. I do know that as you're reading off those scores, I think the most excited person at the table has got to be Coach Fleener hearing yeah. about the scores because, as we know, Warren is feeding. Yes, Jackson is the only split one. You know, all the kids from Warren, if they don't move, they go to Forney, and all the kids from Brown go to. Why would you even North say South. that about moving? So. They don't need to move. <laughs> yeah. Right, they're good. They uh, love uh, living on the south side of Forney, and, and they're excited about being jackrabbits. Don't don't even put absolutely. that in the universe, yeah. Addison. Yeah, you know, but but yeah, it, it is exciting when you listen to the scores, and and really, you know, it, it's probably not a true. A true feel of of what it was really like because quite a few of those fourth quarters that clock was running, yeah. running, oh, running. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, uh, to to keep yeah. it from getting out of control. But uh, I think the the most impressive thing for us being there and, and that Coach Young and his staff and you don't get this from every middle school staff, but a staff that is established and has been together for a long time, they understand. Yes, the the goal is we want to go win games, but not at the expense of the kids not learning how to run a offense, a defense, right. the fundamentals. A lot of times you'll go to these middle school games and it's 10 guys on the line of scrimmage and they're going to blitz every single snap yeah. and they're going to be excited that they went and won the game. Or the same kid gets the ball 35 times and he runs yeah, to one right. sideline and then to the other sideline and then runs all the way back and that's how he scores. You, your kids aren't learning anything. You know, they'll, they'll get up to the high school and, and they not know how to actually hold a gap or, right. you know, play coverage because all they've ever played is straight man blitz the house and uh, so to to be able to win all those games and have the success they did but do it within what we do offensively and defensively is is impressive yeah it's um that middle school stuff you can get such a mixed bag from middle school coaches and and offenses and all that stuff like you were saying but um it's super exciting to see middle schools doing well and um and I know that that the south side of town is, I'm sure, very excited about the group that we have oh, or whatever. Sure. So, well, you can, look, you can't build when you're building a building. It's just right. like building an athlete. If if the layer of the foundation beneath the one you're building on is it wasn't very good, mm-hmm. it's going to make your job building your your story a whole lot harder. And so that foundation is absolutely critical. And and to build that across our our district is what we're after. But um, it's, it was pretty neat watching these kids this year and, you know, more to come. You're right. We do have uh, – Coach Fleener did have an excited look on his face when uh, he's uh, – and uh, Coach Young's talking about all those zeros on the oh, – <laughs> on yeah. the, But I got to say, obviously Coach Fleener's here for a pretty good reason too, and that mm-hmm. is that uh, we have a football playoff game. This is another first. Both of, both of these guys are representing firsts. Um, we have our first football playoff game we are hosting in Forney yes. ISD this this Friday first, night. Our first at City yeah, home game that, that we're, we're hosting. Yeah, yeah so we're getting to play. In 5A now, you get to, uh, if you uh, get to first or second place in your district, you get to have home field advantage and host that first playoff game. Instead of trying to go find a neutral site like, you know, the old days mm-hmm. we always did, and, and we will for every, uh, for every um, round after this first one. But Coach Fleener? You get to host a home game Friday night. We do. We get to host a home game because yeah. I'm going to coach, and I hope you're yeah, the ho- well, I we'll hope t- you're the host. On we'll Friday have the stadium night. ready. Yeah, no but, doubt. But but no doubt, and you know, just uh, uh, the season, just the, the amazing that the season has been, and, and each week, you know, building on something new and something different, and the mm-hmm. excitement of 
of, of the success we're having, you know, that was a big push for us is, you know, in a, in a list of firsts or things that happened, haven't happened in a long time, it was a big deal that we wanted to go host the first playoff game in Forney. Cause mm-hmm. I, and I told him, and, you know, I hope my, uh, my vision comes true because I've been telling them guys, they will shut the town down. I said, yeah. there'll be so yeah. much black and gold in the, in the stands and it'll be crazier than any atmosphere you can imagine. I said, uh, I said as many, Old Jackrabbits that still live around here and love Jackrabbit football, I said they uh, they're probably going to run out of handicap spots from all the uh, you know yeah. and and we won't we won't even sell that many tickets because we we get the senior the senior discounts. That's but, right. But that's what we we want to bring in we want to bring everybody the the ones that remember right. the the old days when things were good and and want everybody excited about Jackrabbit football again. But yeah, getting to host one is unbelievable, especially with the home field advantage that we've proven to have this year a few times right. when you throw in you know the the band uh the band uh, help we got in, yes. in the crandall triple overtime game oh, that was and, so uh, awesome. i definitely think we have a home field advantage oh, oh yes. without a yeah. doubt. and um before we get too much into the playoff stuff i do want to talk about how this happened right so um last week going in playing against a really good roy city team for second place for the right to host this mm-hmm. both teams obviously want to be hosting their first playoff game and um, for those of you who, who may not have seen the game or whatever, you may have seen the final score. It was 20 to 7 at halftime. 20 right? to 7 at halftime. We had not played well offensively. Right. In fact, our only seven points was uh, defense went and blocked mm-hmm. a punt and, and took it into the end zone for us. And yep. uh, um, so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, unfortunately, we haven't been in that, uh, we've been in that situation multiple times this year. And so, right. as, as exciting as it is to be considered a second half team, it's not the uh, goal going into right. each game to say, hey, let's get behind. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we got them right where we want them. But, right. but, but luckily, having that experience, uh, you know, our, a true testament to the season we're having right now is our guys don't ever feel like we're out of it. And, right. and that started from the very first week against White House. And they trust each other, they trust in what we're doing, they know that we've got big play capabilities and so it's exciting to see a team not just lose their mind and start you know getting nervous or worried or just shutting down because the score isn't what you want it to be at halftime well we do obviously have you here today but i gotta i've gotta throw our one two six sideline reporter a bone and i do have to play the soundbite that she got from you so this is right after the game it's another one two six first yeah yeah <laughs> we have the we have a soundbite of the guest that can i at right. least preface this that i i barely even remember that i've done this interview <laughs> so if i'm talking 100 miles an hour and only some of it makes sense i apologize well, now. So it should be fun shouldn't it? yeah let's up? see we'll it find out be. First, what did you say to them in the locker room? That was like, you guys played a completely different game the second half. That was amazing. Didn't say, you know, everybody wants to think you go in there and yell and scream, and that's not what we do. We go in there, know that we can fix the things that, that we can control, and we're a much better team. We just, we can't keep putting ourselves in this situation in the first half, but, you know, what a testament to these guys. You know, they, they trust what we're doing. They don't ever feel like we're out of a game. Coaches are doing an unbelievable job making halftime adjustments, and then, man, what do you say? Are you pack City Bank like this? It gets loud and a whole lot of fun. So, total team effort as usual, including coaches, students, Jack Pack, band. Who, if you're here, you helped us win tonight. And a uh, quick question: Did you know that this is the first time playoffs will ever be held at Forney High School? Good. I hope they shut the whole dang town down and get everybody here. Everybody needs to be in black and gold. Pack in City Bank. All right, we're gonna lock the gates and take care of them. Awesome. Well, have a good night. well, there we go. Um, can, can I ask the first question before yeah. you go from here? 
did I grow up on a farm? Do I sound <laughs> that country you're when I'm talking, or is it just when I'm excited? Because that I think it just comes out when you're excited. Oh, man, I mean, something that, about those lights right on Friday night, being down on the field, just brings out the country and everybody. <laughs> well, well, I got to I got to stop making fun of my wife's accent for being from Mesquite because yeah. I think I'm pretty sure I put a, a whale in there. <laughs> whale. I'm surprised he has a voice after the game. I know. He yeah. was screaming and yelling the whole game. Yeah. Well, it was all positive. All positive. All positive. Screaming, I'm sure. Yeah. All oh, positive. Absolutely. And I'm sure you. And, and just to pitch Listen, to our next guest, I'm sure I, uh, you've never yelled at a referee. Well, right. Hold on. Before we go further, go I, ahead. guys, I have to say something. Um, I have been. I've gotten information. Oh. Oh. That we have to correct because somebody's going to come and, and say something about it if we don't correct it. But I, I have been told that in 2003, we did host a playoff game okay. against Will's Point. A football playoff game. Yes. Yes. Okay. See, we thought this was a new rule, I guess. It is for 5A. It's for 5A. 5A. So I guess that that would have been before we were, yes. what was then, 4A. At, at that, that, that point, they would have flipped home and home. Yeah. 2003. And flip. Yeah, good. Flipped yeah. home and home. Two thousand. Good. Uh, it's nice to have a you know somebody who probably was in high school at that point. If you're inside yeah, sources, you Coach Young, way to, way to ruin it. Way to ruin the excitement, Coach Young. I know. Just so, let everybody think it was the first one. Man. I know. Well, they, well, he yeah. pressured me. Then well, he writes it on my notes, so then I have to say it's, it's good. good. No, it's good, it's good well, that we I'm know. I'm pretty sure back in 1992, uh, Warren actually won the middle school championship, <laughs> so it wasn't the very first one. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll go back and double check that, but I'm pretty sure that was right. the second time they've done that. Not only did Warren not exist in '92, uh, Forney High was 3A in 2003. Yes. 2004 was the year they went up to four, which is now five. So yeah, we're talking about a little bit different context, but. Thank you for your level of expertise, yeah. Coach Young. I'm sure you've uh, used that at Warren Mill School in your teaching duties as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm ashamed. I should have remembered it as a third grader. I should have been paying closer attention to our home, you our might have playoff been there. venue. You could, I was. I guarantee you, I was there. Yeah, I was underneath the, the bleachers, running around with some of those little yellow footballs. As an, I, I was too. I, yeah. I had forgotten that. Yeah. So. Um, Got to be running around underneath the, the bleachers. But we did mention referees. So, Coach Weaver, talk to us yes. about, you know, who's here today. Why did you decide to bring well, it, schedule this guest? Y'all are always trying to figure out who to bring in. So, you know, so. no, we've got so many guests ready to come <laughs> on here. We have to we have to be very selective. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, it was interesting when Coach Flinger just now was talking about that all his commentary is always positive on the sideline. I looked over, mate, and I noticed an interesting look on the face of our, of our uh, third and special secret mystery guest. Now, all my comments with the kids is <laughs> oh, always very positive yeah, okay. and with the coaches but there, i mean and then there's there's, the there's just a little official. natural you know yeah back and forth that that, that coaches uh, and officials have to have a healthy you know? camaraderie yes. yes absolutely now we've been absolutely. wanting to do this for a while and have mm -hmm. have an official because you know we, we we started this series that this beyond part of of uh, what we do on the podcast we've talked to some uh other groups outside of coaches and athletes that are that are deeply connected to the game that are that are integral parts of the game um, we've had, uh, you know, from Mr. Gear, obviously, mm -hmm. who's kind of the um, chief of human services. We've had Mario Luna came on, talked about fine arts, obviously band. Uh, prop Shout out to the band for doing a great job of Forney High going to the state finals. Um, all these, these parts, and we've got more coming, are connected to game day. Game day is a big deal. It's, it's mm. not just what happens inside the lines. So. We may need to have a Forney athletic media person come talk about our – well, production side. Just thought of this. Sorry. I, well, hey, you throw know, him, on the fly. Great idea. Let's do it. We'll, right. get, we'll get her scheduled. Bring I'm sure he fam. would be willing to come on and yeah. do that. Okay. So our guest here today with us is uh, 
Grady Dale. Grady is is a longtime um, friend of Forney ISD, and he's he's refereed or officiated many uh, varsity football and basketball games for both of our high schools. Um, Grady is is uh, and I you know I probably should let him talk some about his pedigree because um, he officiates it at many different levels, um, you know, but. Certainly, at the highest level where, that we played, you know, district level, playoff level for five A, uh, we see Grady and his crew regularly. Regularly, so Grady, we, talk to us about it. Yeah, we'd like to officially welcome you to the podcast. I am going to do it in a way. This is not indicative of, of you being here, but in a way that I think you're, uh, you know, comfortable with as a referee for doing it for a while. I'm sure you've heard this. So, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we usually start with applause, but I figure for the- you can never misquote solid. <laughs> there you go. Let's go. There you go. So welcome in. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. We've been trying to get this done for a couple of weeks now. So it's been great. Me and Coach Weaver go way, way back. Yeah, Grady might have even officiated some games I coached. Actually, I did, and I was the assignment secretary in the Dallas Basketball Official Association when Coach Weaver was there. Yeah. Did you ever give him a tech? No, but uh, one thing that stands out is uh, probably uh, Armani Watts' last uh, basketball game. Oh. His mom was in the top row, and she was giving us business. <laughs> really? <laughs> and uh, we were getting evaluated by the UIL because it Uh-oh. was a playoff crew. Yeah. And so I kind of told Coach Jackson, uh, that lady up there in the top, he said, yeah. I said, go ahead and give her her roses. Before halftime, he goes, why? Because she's out of here. Uh-oh. And that go. wasn't Coach Jackson. That would have been before Coach Jackson's yeah, time. Either. That was – was that you, Coach Weaver? Uh, it could have been me that had to do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, probably was. Coach was. Weaver and – And, you know, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and lo and behold, she can... sometimes school administrators have to go, <laughs> Yeah, you know. I'm sure and, uh, you've dealt with a lot of passionate parents over the years. And coaches. And coaches, yes. Um, <laughs> and moms and dads. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everybody. Well, let's talk about the positives because um, I often – I got to ask you this because I often see referees and, you know, a game where you are getting the business as you put it, and I'm always like, why? Why do this to yourself? So what, what made you want to want to jump into officiating? Well, once you play college football, college basketball, I grew up in West Texas in Seminole, and I've actually been around – football since five-year-old we were the we were the the Dale boys that hung around the field house 24 7 seven days a week and uh it's funny that you say that I got a call from our old high school coach David Bornstein I hadn't talked to him in 30 years and I had the passing of my son and he called me and we went way back to some of the days he said little Dale boys running around here we knew the offense. We knew everything. So, I mean, we're in the film room. So I've been around sports all my life. And once I got out and, uh, you know, did intramurals, that's how I made my money in college. Oh, so yeah. Working intramurals. And then I came back and I was what you call a renegade. And some guy said, you know what, you're pretty good at that. And, you know, you can make a lot of money in that. And once I got in the chapter and started refereeing and, you know, it just your career takes off. I'm I'm very fortunate to – I've been able to work five state football championships in football and three in basketball and work Division One football, Division Two football, been to the national tournament in football and worked national basketball tournaments. I've just been very, very fortunate 
uh, in this officiating game. I'm an assigner. Um, I've been on the board, so I'm I've been around this 25 plus years. So it's been it's been a great experience. Is there a game that really stands out to you as kind of? I'm going to make you pick one, the most memorable game that you've got to officiate. Uh, the Duncanville Houston North Shore uh, State Championship 6A Division One. Um, probably one of the only that the Dallas football chapter has at the, at that level, and uh, the Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. So, you know that's, uh, you know, sixty thousand people, and after Duncanville scored right before the final, I saw myself looking up in the stands at Cowboy Stadium, going, "Man, young boy from Seminole, Texas." that's out here working this game and especially have to work in the Ennis uh, Lancaster game where I missed the touchdown. So, Uh-oh. you know, going from 300 <laughs> phone calls <laughs> to, you know, working the national, you know, the, the Texas Division One 6A state championship, mm-hmm. you couldn't ask for uh, redemption or anything better in, in your career. So what a game. Yeah. Uh, Grady mentions this. We do need to remember, officials are human. They yes. do make mistakes sometimes. They yeah. will acknowledge that. But i got to tell you, it's, it is really a symbiotic relationship between the coach and the official and the athletic department and the, and the fan and the school. Because you, we can't play the games without them. I mean, literally, they are just as important. I mean, you cannot – we literally are not allowed to begin a game without an official. So that's a – and, and the real problem is now we're in a shortage. Yes. And I'm hoping if we yes. put about 16 different plugs into this thing about uh, – and you said you started out in college calling intramurals and things like that. That's where we're, we're – we're constantly looking for, like, seniors graduating right now to go figure out how to go get certified mm-hmm. because we're in a bad shortage. There's a lot of the smaller schools that aren't getting – full crews or are even having to move their game like they were scheduled really? to play on friday night and no crew available so they have to move it to saturday yeah saturday afternoon and uh you know but but you hit on that as far as the respect deal and you know well i'm sure we'll get into some fun stories with me and grady, <laughs> grady called a game every single year that i've been a head coach up here in the metroplex I, I love grady's crew and like i said we can talk about that more in a minute but you know there, there's got to be a certain level of respect. We're, we're not going to get every call exactly the way we want it. And and that's why as coaches, but even, you know, the big push I put right here, fans, please, please understand that they're not going to make every call the right way. We don't have instant replay or things like that. But without them, you're right, Coach. We, we can't do it. I, I don't know how you do basketball games because you can hear everything in those gyms. I definitely know I wouldn't make it as a coach in basketball where I'm right there in the court and you can hear, like, anything I say under my breath. I can tell you right now, I've watched him officiate a lot of our basketball games, (laughs) and I know he's listening to them in the stands because he'll start smiling. And when he starts smiling, I'm like, oh, he's about to light somebody up. He's about to go. (laughs) But I'll say one thing that that I've always appreciated about Grady and what he does is we we talk about officials being rabbit ears, and that's not a, a jackrabbit. You know, yeah. deal. it's just where a coach says something and then immediately the official wants to just respond right back and it becomes a defensive thing and we're fighting back and forth. You know, sometimes coaches just say, oh, that's a hold, you know. Well, Grady's just going to let, let coach vent, let him talk, you know, but you'll have some officials that'll be like, no, it wasn't, coach. I saw it. I just, and I'm like, hey, we're, you, we're yeah, okay. You weren't trying you know? to get into just, full conversation. Yes, you just, we're, yeah. we're not trying to stir you up or attack yeah. you or anything like that. Not, I'm not usually anyways. Just one thing I, I've always – I tell my guys and my crew and and all the people I've been around, 
you know, as coaches, this is you guys' livelihood. And you guys got to deal with parents, boosters, administration. We as officials, after the game's over, we go home. And so I, I, I use that perspective. And, you know, sometimes you just right, wrong, or indifferent, just have an ear. I mean, sometimes when, when you'll know when you have to become the villain. And then sometimes, you know, he's making, he's making statements. Don't respond. Ask the question, respond. And don't be afraid to say you missed that. I missed it. I might get the next one. You can't miss it in the last <laughs> last two seconds of the ball game in the last quarter. You know, I call it the five, four, three, two, one. Five minutes in the game, where are you at? If the game is okay and we're above the game, yes. If the game is above us, we need to step up our game. Three minutes, you can go back and reevaluate and you go, okay, this game is tight or you're in game management mode. Two minutes, got to be perfect. Because that's the only thing they're going to remember is the last two minutes of yeah. the ball game. Yeah, that's it's interesting. I there's so much about. I was taking the. I was going to work with the wireless microphone. We had some issues with it up at the field, so I was I was going in there to like the little officials' um, locker room or whatever at halftime, and and they're all sitting there talking about different calls and they're trying to you know really communicating. Okay, well, what'd you see on this one? What was I doing? And and I could tell that the all the referees were kind of asking the the head ref what 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 they need to be looking for and stuff. And it was very interesting because they were like on it and they it seemed like they were trying to fit as much as they could into that halftime so it's, they were organized it's and funny it was you brought that up because this year the the game you called for us this year you know we had some some calls and, and again the best thing I, i'll say about grading some of the really good ones around here is they're not afraid to say coach you're right i missed that one but at the same time the next day you know if we send a video and if i had been just hammering them, i thought this happened i thought this happened and the next day Oh man, Grady was right on that one. You know, I'm not afraid to tell him, "Hey, you 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 were good on that one." But uh, I I distinctly remember this year. Uh, I said uh, at halftime, I stopped before you went in and said, "Felt like we'd missed two ones and I, uh, two big calls." And I said, "You know, you're a better crew than that. That's why I want to use you every year and all that stuff." And that's what exactly we said, Coach. We're going to get in here. We're going to talk about it. He said, and and we'll get some stuff cleaned up. And he came back out and he said, "Hey, you know, my guy said." You know, think miss this one, but this is what we saw on that one, and then it made sense to me on why they made that call. And so it's just, uh, what do I always say before when we meet? I just want you to talk to me. Just, just communicate with me. Tell me what's going on, and, and we're good from there. But uh, you know, I, I, I might as well lay it on thick because ain't nobody gonna let me use you anymore because now they know you're <laughs> thorny legend and that we're friends and taking pictures together. So I do not. I've like enjoyed it, Grady. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I heard them on that We're podcast. They're like buddies, you know. Yeah. So no, it's a, you know, you just got to be professional. You know, uh, right, wrong, indifference. Just, I mean, I've worked. Uh, I've had when Coach Fleener was at Allen. We've, we've worked many state semifinals and regional finals and playoff games. So, you know, you surround. It's not about me. You surround yourself with a good good group and the crew I have and and our chapter is great. I mean. We are really booming this year. And even coming out to COVID, we had our football banquet uh, last year. And you, when you say short of officials, we're short. I mean, you look at the schedule during uh, sub-varsity. I mean, you're getting three, two. Yeah. You know, it's just. Well, the other reason we're short is, you know, we're Dallas has gone to seven-man crews for football, which is what college NFL. That, mm. And 
as a coach, I love it. There's some coaches that are still old school and say, well, that's just two more flags out there. But it's a much cleaner game. But, again, by going to seven-man crews, again, now you need more officials. Yeah. And um, Do those crews – do you work with the same crew every game all year? You have the same people? Yeah. So, it. I mean, I'm sure that you all do develop into – Whenever people say, you know, there's kind of three teams out there, you know, there's there's the teams that are playing and then there's the officials. I, I'm sure that y'all do develop a lot of a lot of cohesion in the way that you work and and by the end of the season, I'm sure y'all have it have it down. Yeah, you know, we, you know, as my crew, and we we have conference calls. We're on. We got a group me. We got texts, and I've got a pretty good, very knowledgeable crew. That they're all rural rural gurus. So. They keep me in line, and uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's things we, we prepare. I mean, we prepare just like coaches. We're, we're watching tape and film. And and I say, I don't think people realize. So we share our games on Saturdays from the night before with the officials crew. And so the officials that called that game can go back and look at their uh, officials report. Even as a coach, there's been a couple, hey, would you check? Clip 127, you know, can you kind of explain this to me? Why was this uncatchable? Things like that. Um, but at the same time, they, they're grading themselves and looking at that. But the other part of it is once you've shared all those games, if they've got two teams coming up that they're going to play, they can go watch their last few games and get, okay, this is a team that plays real fast. Are they getting some crazy formations? Or they, you know, they do this offensively or defense, or they onside kick. And so they're, they're preparing for themselves for the game. Uh, when they get there, you know, I've had officials say, hey, coach, I noticed that you guys do a lot of this. You know, is there anything you want us to look at? And I'm like, gosh, he's been, he's been studying our film just like anybody else. And so, it, you know, I, I just say that again so that the adults, parents, you know, kids, anybody, don't just think they just, hey, let me throw this striped shirt on and go out on the field and, you know, uh, I, I might know what's going on. They, they, uh, they put a lot of effort into it. Oh, and there's so much to it, especially with football. Um, I mean, I've I've followed football and played football and stuff like my entire life, and and every year whenever I'm watching NFL or college football, there's some rule that I'm like, I had no idea that was a rule. Like I had no idea that was even a thing. And then and then I sit next to somebody that doesn't know that much about it, and they're asking me all these things. And whenever you explain football, someone you're like, oh my gosh, there is so much in this game. Like there are so many rules and little things. And then like I all the time see you know an illegal formation. And I'm just like, there's no way I would catch one of those. I would not see that. There's no way. Well, believe me, the coach standing right behind that sideline official, he's probably he's telling them that guy's covered up. Yeah, that I'm guy's sure covered he up. He's cheating. Hey, two things. That's a good behind the scenes kind of look at because I don't think people really just uh, the random football fan, the person at the game is watching, the parent person maybe listening to the podcast may not necessarily know how much goes into being a varsity level official. I mean, there's a lot of preparation. Obviously, we know the the, the coaches you know, uh, role, but, um, we're not as familiar with the officials role. I think another thing people may not know as much as, is the officials draft and how that mm -hmm. operates. I, I think maybe people think the officials just kind of get the just random deal. This guy showed up, you know, whatever you, not only does Grady have his own crew that works every game together. So they're developing that camaraderie, but coach Flinner talk to us about the officials draft every year a little bit and how that works. Right. When you, when you go to the draft, I mean, they, they assign you a number by, by each week and you know okay we get the 46th pick this round and we're you know you can choose which which game you want to use that on it, it's kind of the last few years the drafts always had a little tweak and a twist to it um, but you're looking at a big board and uh, you're, you're looking for the game the game week you can see who's still available or who's already been picked and is your game a Thursday is it a Friday and and you're trying to find those those best crews and then you 
it's the home team is the is the team that's really responsible for making the pick. But it's it's kind of a unwritten rule that you discuss with the other coach. You know, is there any crews you don't like, or there any crews you do like? You know, this is where everybody will say, Coach, I'm not using Grady Dale with you because he's a Forney Jackrabbit fan, <laughs> I guess. Apparently, um, but but you do that just to have you know a little bit of respect for each other and just say, you know, who do you like, who do you not like? Because uh, believe me, there are some coaches out there that. That their like list has about two crews on it, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know. But it, it's just funny that, that that some coaches still hold this thing like that. The, the officials just, hey, you know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm really going to, I'm really going to get this guy tonight. You know, yeah. I'm going to make sure they lose. Now, it's not like that. I mean, it's uh, you, you know, most of the crews are pretty good. I like the ones that know me uh, enough to know this. I like to have a good time. I like to joke around with them a little bit. They know sometimes, and I tell them before the game, sometimes I'm going to say things to the official on the sideline. I think you probably made the right call, but I'm trying to let my, my kids behind me see that I'm fighting for them, you know, or something like that, or just asking, you know, what did you see? You know, there's there's a lot to go, that goes into it, and that's why I like the guys that I've had that, that know me a little bit. I'm a little bit different. I, but believe me, if uh, if old Randy Jackson was over here, you probably have a lot of different stories on both you sides got a of Randy that. Story you know? too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we would have to have some. Yeah, that would have to be on like HBO. <laughs> hey. uh, <laughs> this is a G rated. This is a family. You, you would hear Coach, you know, he would Greg, <laughs> tell Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's the other flip. I don't know if people realize this. You know, the, the crews in Dallas now have. Mics where they can talk to each other so that they don't have to go conference on the field oh, all the yeah, time. Yeah. So every now and then, that guy on my side, and I'll say, Hey, I'll say something. Well, coach, that's not my call. That's Grady's call. I said, I know, but turn that microphone on. I'm trying to tell him to call a hold. Come on, man. All right. Uh, speaking of calling hold, Grady, what do you find is the what's the hardest call to make for an official on football field? What do you, what's, what's the one you have the most difficulty with? Um, you know, it's, I think. The most one now with all the RPOs is uh, eligible men downfield because they're running so fast and they're huddling up and they're, they're snapping so fast and quarterbacks running, they're all agile and these linemen get downfield and that's that's that seems like that's the toughest one. You you always hear the coaches saying, he's downfield and he may be two yards. You know. Well, and especially when it's, it's on the release of the ball. Yes. It's not, yes. you know, there's a lot of them that are getting called now, but it's the ball's 10 yards down the field, and, yeah, the lineman is downfield, but at the point of the release, he wasn't. You know, you could call holding it on every play. Yeah. Well, you sure don't. Is that? <laughs> 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 but, no, it's more of a, you know, the, the grab and restrict yeah. at the point of attack. I mean, guy may be holding on the, on the right end, but <laughs> the guy's running to the, to the left side and – the lineman's 300 pounds. There's no way he's going to make that, you know. Yeah. So you got to have some common sense. Well, that's interesting that you say that because I've, you know, being around football, I've heard people say that forever. And I'm like, I've never gone through and looked at the, every play of a game, like watching tape. All right, is this true? But I've always wondered, is that really true? Or could you call a hold every play? And because it's, it's one of those things that, you know, people say something enough times and, and you think maybe it's just a, you know, a saying for people. Maybe it's not. There's not that much truth to it. But to hear a referee say it that, it's just that's just interesting to me because that's always been one of those things. I'm like, is that just something people say or, or what? I'll tell you from my perspective, it's just be consistent. Yeah. If you're going right. to be really strict on holding, then then call it and be really strict on holding. If you're going to let them play a little bit, let them play. But the kind of this is this isn't it right. Gets, it gets a little and the 15 a, yarders are the ones you can't miss. Right. The the targeting the 
the see, I think the personal fouls, the blindside blocks, the, those unsportsmanlike, those plays, you cannot miss those. Right. But I'll tell you, that's why I will always have a seven-man crew because you see a lot of that stuff that used to happen behind the play, yes. and you only had five guys. But now with seven and having those two deeper guys, those line judges now can kind of especially sit right in, there. Especially in the kicking game, punts mm-hmm. and kickoffs. That's where seven is because you got a big area to cover. And it's it's how kids can get hurt. Yeah, you know, with, with the blind sides, with the targeting, with the unsports, you know, somebody just coming and smoking somebody in the back. Mm-hmm. Or as a referee, you sometimes find yourself watching the game, you know, kind yeah. of action, and then all of a sudden you see your quarterback laying down beside you and you're going, and he's looking at you going, ref, and you're going. Yeah. I think that's, I think I, that's one of my had, better ones I've said to an official. Hey, if you're just going to watch the game, buy a ticket. Yeah. You know, <laughs> referee and Kyler Murray, you yeah. know, he would run you around. And around and around, and he'd run back and cut back at you, and then you chase him. And I've got a couple plays where he's on the ground, and I don't know if it's a fumble or not, and he's looking at me like I didn't fumble the ball, and we got to be back down. So. Why is it always got to come That's back space. to my guy? I mean, we drew it up yeah. that way. We drew him up, yeah. running around all oh, yeah. that place like that. Great. And this one, you're going to turn around, run the complete opposite direction. That it's interesting that. Kyler is not just frustrating defensive linemen and linebackers. He's frustrating the referees, too. I know he frustrates the camera operators, too. And that's funny that you say don't get caught watching the game. I have to tell my kids the same thing running cameras because I'm like, they'll just sit there and watch the game, and and the, the ball will go outside of the view of the camera, and the camera's just sitting there. I'm like, hey, hey, <laughs> watch it through the camera. Yes, so, yes, yeah. But that's there's a lot of interesting things kind of going on in, in officiating that I didn't know about. And yeah, I didn't know that we just moved to a seven man crew. That's that yeah. changes a lot too. Yeah. Been a couple yes. of years, but that's a neat, that's a, there, there's a lot, I think behind the scenes of, of athletics in general, but mm-hmm. obviously we're talking about football specifics here, but that the, the random general spectator doesn't know, but it's, it's, it's neat to know. And it's important to know some of those things because you see what, you know, you got, you got the guy that's just wearing the official out and uh, from the stands or, um, you know, sometimes an overzealous coach that's just going too far with an official. Um, man, they're putting so much effort and time and preparation into the game, too. And as Coach Flinner said, um, you know, we need more great – a good official is good as gold. You know that. I mean, Grady will probably know this, too. There's some officials out there that aren't that great. And just like there are some coaches out there that aren't that great. Our job is to try to all make our professions better. But the two professions – absolutely have to work hand in hand and one of them mm-hmm. depends upon the other um so it's it's important i think it's a neat conversation to have Tr- shifting over to basketball a little bit that's the season we got so obviously uh, coach fleener still got football season going on but um we're just starting up basketball season so you're with the dallas footballs officials association you're with the kaufman county basketball that official. is correct i am the uh simon secretary for kaufman Okay. And then I also work for <laughs> Arbiter Sports. Also Arbiter Sports. <laughs> Arbiter Sports is a, a, a personnel management and payment system, right? So yeah. we, we use Arbiter to, to get our officials scheduled and paid for the work that they do. But um, so shifting to basketball, is that easy? I mean, is it an easy shift for you? Is it a hard shift for you? You're probably still – you may be still coach, officiating some football while you're transitioning into basketball. So last week my schedule was that – um, high school basketball, high school football on Thursday, varsity game on Thursday, varsity game on Friday. I left and went to Brenham for college football on Saturday. 
I left Saturday and drove to Louisiana for Division One basketball on Sunday. I left Sunday night, drove over to Mississippi for Division One game on t- Monday, drove back, got home at 3 in the morning. Um, Tuesday morning, left at 4.45, went back to East Texas for college basketball on Wednesday. On, I'm mixed up Tuesday. Tuesday. On Tuesday. You're on Tuesday. Came I'm mixed back. up too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's a lot. Came back and was local on Wednesday, and then uh, basketball, I mean football on Thursday, Friday. So I had a day off yesterday. So. Man, you're busy. Finally, man. had a day off. Um, is just for, for those of us who've never refed anything, and I can say confidently never will, um, <laughs> which one's harder, basketball or football? I'm sure they have their different challenges. Well, basketball. I, I think basketball more because it's ten players and two to three officials, and it's fast and they're quick and, you know, it's just you got to make decisions. When you got football, mm-hmm. you've got seven, eight, eight of you, seven, eight, and you've got a specific area you're just really watching. Mm-hmm. So I think you've got more referees for more coverage in football. So basketball, you got less referees with right. more players. And there's a little more start-stop yeah. in football, whereas basketball is just going the whole time almost. Um, that's interesting because basketball – and I think basketball also is – it definitely has a culture of trying to – sneak things in every year depending on the rules like i've seen players play differently after rule changes very quickly in basketball where like just the nba they just had to change that rule for the the basketball move and the fouls and that's something that you know players figured out real quick oh i can do this and then the whole league does it yes and i'm sure that those changes make your job a lot harder oh yeah (laughs) because you know when they come out with the new initiatives then these coaches they they get that and they watch the video and then they teach how to start something else and then you yeah. got more rules and more points of emphasis they want more scoring and more scoring then and less then scoring, you got then, more yeah. videos <laughs> yeah. and more cameras and you know everything you do is you're scrutinized so it's yeah. it's big business so has the so you've been refereeing in an interesting time where you said you've been doing it for about 25 years obviously we didn't have people recording everything on super slow-mo smartphones whenever you first started. Mm-hmm. Have have you seen things change with the all this new video stuff that we have in stadiums and everything? Yes. Everything's on YouTube. Everything's on, on Twitter. You know, I was fortunate in the, the Lancaster game that I, you know, I can admit it, I, I was out of position and I missed the, missed the dragon of the feet. And I'm probably the reason why we got we got replay now. So now we got replay, you know. But well the worst part is is when they play those games in Cowboy Stadium, yes. whether you like it or not, they're putting that replay yes. on the uh, sixty yard long deal yep. and, and they're gonna let you know if it was the right call or not. So, you know, you missed the call and you can only but that night I had over 200 texts. Oh, my gosh. And the next day I had a college basketball game in San Antonio. So as I'm going, you know, you got some guys that, you know, wanted to drill you and tell you what you did wrong. And then you have some guys to tell you, you know, your mentors, what you should have done, correct that. But you just admit it, you know. And uh, so I'm driving to San Antonio and my phone is just 
going off. I mean, tweets. And so I get to the basketball game and I got myself together. <laughs> and we're out there, uh, three men before pregame, and a guy walks by me and he stares me in the face. I'm like, why is this guy staring at me? He went up in the stands, sat down, and he came back and said, that was you in that football game last night. Oh. <laughs> and it was all over Twitter. Oh, man. I mean, oh, just, yeah. just like that. Just yeah. like that. Now, oh, he man. says instant replay, right? Be specific on that rule because I don't want people thinking that we're going to be doing any instant replay at Citibank Stadium at this playoff game on Friday night. <laughs> Only in the state championship. Right. On yep. score and play. On score and play. And state championship. State championship. All right. So that's the Grady rule. That, that, that's the Grady Dale rule. <laughs> <laughs> Just put but, my whole name out there. Right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but you in a in a regular high school game, all right, this is for your crew, Addison. Yeah. So the UIL will allow us to replay a, a, a play one time. One time. You can have one instant replay of a play. Not slow motion. It, cannot, it right. has to be full speed. It cannot be slow motion. And it can be replayed once. So well, when you I, go to a high school game with a big, with a big yeah. whatever, video board, every now and then, you know, and I, I know you're, you're, yeah. your crew's working on it, getting to getting where we can operate that instant We're replay. getting, me and our tech guru are going up to the stadium right after this to you fix teach, our replay. Yeah, you got to work on we, it. We've had, we've had a problem with it this year. It hasn't been working. So. It's funny. There's so many times this year I've said, gosh, I wish they'd I wish show the replay of that. And guess what? Yeah. We look at it, <laughs> We're looking at it, and we're on the mic going, you know you missed that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I missed it. Let's watch. I, I don't, don't think have. you got that one. Right. <laughs> they can't do this to replay yet. But it's so unfair at because we're going – we have all the same rules of a high school football game where you can't do replay, and then we just drop it in the stadium that has all the infrastructure to yeah. do replay. Yeah. So it's they are just set up to be, you know, shredded by the 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 fans who get to watch, you know, the sixteen different angles they got, and they're showing it in slow mo on that, like you said, sixty yard screen at Cowboy <laughs> Stadium, and it's just that is so unfair because nothing changes for them and everything changes for the for the people watching, and yeah. it's like. Yeah, you can see it on this giant screen that's bigger than your house. But <laughs> in slow motion, he had to see it from, you know, however far, 20 yards away in live time. So yeah. it's just some people, and I'm, I've done it too, get out of hand. I do have a question for you. So at a sporting event, let's say you're at a game of a team that, that you like or a professional game. Have you ever yelled at a referee? Or at this point, are you like, referees are always... Okay, in my book. My wife always tells me, you don't never go to the games to watch the game. You're yeah. always watching the referees. So, um, you know, being a father. Yeah. You know. No. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Yeah, yeah. I was just, you could only I'm see curious, the look on his face. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's true. Being father outranks yes. profession. So, it. yeah, I could see how that could happen. Grady, let me bail you out. Let me just bail you out. Go get me coffee. Because the people already know you're an official. We love you. They want to know what your favorite animated Disney movie is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Toy Story. There you go. Oh, right. Toy Story is Y'all forgot about that one, right? Toy Story. Well, I didn't know if that was technically Disney. She asked me Disney. 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 Well, you know. Disney, Pixar. Disney? I don't know. One, two, three, and four. Yeah. yeah. I love Toy Story. That was, that's the. That is awfully good. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the, and it's the historic one. It was the first, like, feature length. Computer animated movie, so it changed everything. Toy Story is a great choice. E.T. Phone yeah. Home. About that one. <laughs> we just watched that. My wife had never seen that. Did so you we cry? E.T. No, she didn't. I did, but she didn't. I did too when I was in about the third grade. Yeah, yeah. I when always he, when he cried. Left. Well, I'm the Lion King, though. Yeah. When Mufasa gets yeah. killed, 
Uh-oh, oh, right. spoiler alert. God, <laughs> We've all seen it. We don't know who's listening to this podcast. Well, That's hey. true. I think Sorry, you, you might be ashamed of... I, I teach an AV class, and you would be so surprised at the movies that these kids have not seen. Hey, like, well, they come didn't. in here and look at my Jurassic Park poster. Like, what's that? Like, hey, oh, for our listeners, you didn't just hear me. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, is there a movie about officials? Nope. Can you think of one? So maybe somebody needs to make a movie about... I should. I mean, just look at Grady's schedule of what he's doing. I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I, a really interesting I will say there's profession. a, I think one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. There's a soccer referee in Europe somewhere. He's retired now, but he was so well respected by soccer fans and stuff. He actually was on the cover of a soccer video game. The referee was really. Yeah, you know they're always picking a player, and it's a big deal. The referee got on there like his last year or whatever, and I was like, "That is incredible." Because people love to hate referees. You you would be amazed on how you have to be incognito. Because I was in, I was in Omaha, Nebraska, having a game in South Dakota, and we're not supposed to go to the casino, so I was going to go to the buffet, and I'm like. <laughs> snow on the ground it's five degrees i'm like don't nobody know me in omaha so i'm eating and i'm walking through the casino and i hear grady deal Uh i was like oh my god oh it was two other referees that was working great that night so (laughs) they were breaking the rules too they were breaking the rules too so yes that is hilarious that it was two other referees well that's all the the pressing questions that I have. Yeah, uh, I've, I've got all. I think my... it's been an interesting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, look behind the curtain a little bit for just uh, high school football officiating and and how that those two things work together. Grady, best of luck to you as you uh, officiate some playoff games coming up, and uh, a, a lot more based on your schedule. You never stop. Coach Fleener, uh, best. Of luck. I just didn't believe in luck, but you know, we still say it. Best of luck to you. Sometimes it is, pretty, you know, luck. Luck, luck can go a long way sometimes. Right. <laughs> you may not believe say, in it until you get some or don't have some and then see what happens with that's it. That's why we always say we're not superstitious. We're just a little stitious. <laughs> you know, we got a couple things. And we actually know. didn't – I don't even think we mentioned who you're playing, when you're playing. Hey, hey we are playing Frisco Liberty uh, at 730 at Citibank Friday night. And, uh, you know, like I said, we want to shut the town down. Uh, wear your black and gold. Bring your cowbells. Bring your. Uh, if you don't have your yellow rally towel, they'll be selling them at the game. We've got. Uh, we've already on our about third order of playoff shirts and hoodies. I mean, they're. Um, it, it's just an exciting time, and and everybody needs to come be a part of it because um, you, you know, as much as I want to say that we're going to do this every year, you you can't guarantee stuff like that. And so come right. come come see a little piece of history, and even if it is the second time. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Coach Young. <laughs> And nah. don't forget to pack the gym tonight for a 40 yes, North absolutely. 40 regional quarterfinals. And the, and the last thing I'll finish up here with is if you uh, come on Friday night, Forney gets that Vic, you got a chance to see the Fleener the Leap. Fleener Leap. <laughs> the Fleener Leap. <laughs> because when, when Forney wins a big game, now Coach Fleener's got some ups. Yeah. I mean, he can almost clear the uh, the – fence around the stadium jumping mm-hmm. up into that student section to give those kids high fives that's how high the excitement yes. level is at city bank stadium and um he's got some ups whenever they win well, he you know, he's got run, some downs he, too he, though he, he, he did will break run up on you last. too he will run up on you willie <laughs> i'm wiry now i'm wiry i got you want me to tell that story go ahead tell the story so <laughs> when he was at mesquite they played skyline <laughs> and they had kids on both you know he said hey 
for the game. It, it may get a little tough. And one of his kids got hit a little out of bounds. and A little. <laughs> there goes the flag, and all of a sudden, he is beelining towards me. And there goes another flag. Boom. Uh-oh. And <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. Oh, that's the end of the story. But, yeah, but anyway, when I got the guy... When I got the guy together, I said, he was like, my guy said, Fleener, we got it. We got it. Well, yeah, he hit. I said, what do you want us to do? We threw the flag on both of them. I said, I got your guy because his guy slapped the kid right upside the head. And so. Because I couldn't get him to slap them first. Yeah, and so. <laughs> he said, look, you my guy you had a flag. I said, okay, so I got my guys back together. And I said, okay, what do we got? We said, we got both of those guys from Sportsman Like. I said, but we don't have Coach Fleener. But his assistant in the back, he's got to take this one. So, uh, <laughs> so I said, we didn't get you, but no. your assistant's going to have to take team. one for the team. Oh, so. man. Well, so, hey, we're not going to see any of that. Let me tell you something. Ranger moment? Sometimes it's it's worth it. Sometimes I mean you you've yeah. seen a, a a baseball uh, a manager go out and get tossed to try to fire mm-hmm. up his team or a you know I, I you know I grew up in San Antonio so I'm a Spurs guy. Greg Popovich was notorious to get the uh, to get the T to get his crew fired up. Yeah, yeah. Jack, get at, you know so hey, some of that's coaching, coach. Right. I well, mean, right. part of it is those kids need to see I had their back. Yeah, right. I wasn't going to let something happen. You know, over but you're not going to cross the line. Either. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Yeah. I mean no. that's that's good and if coaching. it had been anybody else, uh, I mean. Grady and I feel like uh, have done right. enough games together that you know, he knows that that was coming from a place of fighting for my guys, sure. not a right. attack on him right. or his crew or anything. Okay, like that. and that's a really important piece of it too. And I, you know, because the fans will see that coaching and have to distinguish it. Right? They have mm-hmm. to know that's the coach is doing his job or her job. They're out there working that official, and they're working together. As Grady said, they know each other. They they've. They've watched the film. They've seen these kids. They've practiced together. They know what they're doing, right? So let them do it. Let them do it. Let the coach do his job. So we have fun sometimes, you know. Like we, I'll let a coach <laughs> I'll let a coach just, okay, get it out. <laughs> and he rants and rants and rants. And when he's done, I say, okay, you're done. Then we'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still remember being the, on the sideline as offensive coordinator in here, and, and I can't remember if it was you or Jarvis Walker, but Tom Westberg, the coach, a great mentor of me, a great coach that I worked for, and uh, he walked out to that official, and they, everybody in the stand thought it was a horrible call, and they're booing, they're going crazy, kids on the sideline going crazy. He goes over there and he goes, I think you made a great call, but I'm going to sit here and I'm going to nod my head and I'm going to act like I am wearing you out about how bad that call was. But it was a great call. But if I don't get out here and act like I'm fighting for these guys, these parents are going to have my butt after the game <laughs> that I didn't come in. So you're doing a great job. And he's just nodding his head and it looks like he's just ribbing. That offense was just, he's just steadily laughing, yeah. going, Yes, sir, coach. Yes, yeah, because the college coach the other day, college football, he come down to about the 10 and he was just killing my line judge. And then I'm like, you're going to keep landing him. So I flagged him, and he came over and wanted to talk, and he said, I needed that. <laughs> he did. He said, thank I you. I needed that. Yeah. Okay, you got it. Reset. <laughs> yeah, you're like, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> you need another one? It's like uh, the old Hoosiers movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, he yeah. said, run like, me out okay, here. Okay, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> That's right. Let's move here. on. Nothing That's personal. Part, Let's go. It's business. Part of sports. <laughs> it goes way back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And whenever you were talking about that, 
And I, you were talking about it from the coach perspective. It made me think of of Miracle whenever he goes in and he's like, I need hockey players. He's yelling at the guy telling him he's, you know, being soft for sitting out with the bruise. And he gets up and he's all mad and flips the table and he just walks off, says that ought to get him going. Just yeah. walks out. Like, it's <laughs> like this dude's just playing them like a violin. They don't even know it. Oh, you just tell him. Yeah. You know what, coach? I missed it. <laughs> Drop the mic. There you go. There you go. Drop the mic. That'll do it. Hey, uh, if you want to see a little more on the Fleener Leap, we're going to investigate that a little bit. Yeah. We got our Fundamental Friday videos that we put out with the athletic department. So we thought we would uh, we'd dig a little deeper into the Fleener Leap. And, uh, Fleener's like, I haven't even you know, agreed to this. Because it's kind of a thing. Yeah, stay it's, tuned for that. It's kind of a thing. This oh, has been a fun episode. It is a thing. The kids go crazy. If you haven't been to a Forney Jackrabbit football game this year, the student section goes yeah. crazy with yeah. this stuff. I mean, they're all right there on the rail like yeah. they used to. And, um, you know, well, I talked if, about if, it before. If Flinner doesn't break the rail any worse than us, he's already broken. Yeah. They will continue to be able to do that. It's all right. We need to have like a target or something <laughs> where you, you head towards. But you got a new Jackrabbit fan. I was able to bring my two-year-old up there, and we were down on the field the whole time, and he was – Whenever that field goal was missed late, he was standing there going, no good. <laughs> <laughs> his arms like that. He was having so much fun. Hey, uh, Coach Young over there in the green room, great, great season. You guys, your staff do a great job. Y'all keep it up, transitioning to basketball. We've already said this, Grady, have a great playoff football season. Hope you get rolling great in basketball. Coach Fleener, we look forward to seeing you guys on Friday night. Appreciate it, you. Thank it's, you. Um, y'all get out there, support our playoff teams support all the sports that are coming down the line, and we will talk to you all next week.